every day we are faced with decisions that influence not just our day, but also the direction of our lives. You are the person you are now based upon decisions you made years ago. In the moment, you discern what you wanted to do, which led you to this present day and time. Hi, I'm Femi Asabin, a preacher for the Church of Christ. Thank you for tuning into today's sermon, Discerning Towards Godliness, taken from Matthew 7, verses 3 through 12, which is a section from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Hopefully, this sermon will help you consider the importance of daily discernment so as you grow in Christ, you are allowing yourself to be aligned more in Jesus' image by the Holy Spirit rather than choose to remain comfortable with who you are in this life. We're going through the Sermon on the Mount, and we've come across this part in chapter 7, verses 6 through 12, that talks about discernment. And it's interesting sometimes, and I'm pretty sure you could talk to those who teach and preach on a regular basis, how sometimes as you're just going through scripture and you're not planning it, how it can speak to what you're going through in life. Now, this sermon is going to be on discernment. As we know today, it takes a lot of discernment to weed through all of the noise we hear in this life. You got political campaigns, you got health advisories, you got financial advice, you got social issues, you got spiritual issues, church matters, life matters, your children, your wife, your spouse, your mother, all of these things that you have to weed through to get to what is the best decision that I can make. And all while you do that, you have to make a godly decision. It takes discernment. Now, last week we looked at the first couple of verses in chapter seven. And um, I believe these verses really do go together because on one side you have judgment. Then the other side you have discernment. While Jesus is telling the people, you are not to judge. He's not leaving them to be naive about what's going on in life and to just make decisions without no thought of the consequence. But he's telling them, you do not have the power to condemn. So you do not judge. But before that thought can leave their mind too soon, but he tells them, but what you do do is you discern between what's right and what's wrong. Because while you do not have the power to condemn, you do have the power to make the proper choice for you. Matthew 7, verse 6. Do not give what is holy to dogs and do not throw your pearls before swine or they will trample them underfoot and turn and maul you. Ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, will you give a stone? Or if your child asks for a fish, will you give a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, 
How much more will your father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And everything do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and the prophets. Discernment. It's something that we do on a daily basis. We discern between what we was going to wear today. We discern what we was going to eat. We discern if we ate before service. And we're going to discern what we have for dinner. You see, we make these decisions on a daily basis all throughout the day because we want to put ourselves in the best position in every situation we find ourselves in. And so what Jesus tells us is when it comes to things that are holy and when it comes to things that are valuable, you must discern what you do with them. Dogs. Pigs. Those were unclean animals in Jesus' time. And a person would be very foolish to give what is holy to something that's unclean. To give something valuable to something that is unclean. But yet, that's what Jesus is warning his disciples and by extension, the crowds that were listening to them of. You see, we don't think about it like that sometimes. We think that we just make a decision and there's really no real consequence past our comforts or past what happens next. But what Jesus says is you can really give what is holy to dogs. You can really give pearls to swine and you're not just wasting it. You're actually putting yourself in a position to where you could suffer for it. Because it's not just a matter of they'll trample them underfoot. But they'll trample them, turn around, and maul you. How often do we consider the full extent of the decisions that we make? Discernment. Not judgment, but discernment. And Jesus says that that's something that we must do with all that we find ourselves in. Because it's easy to just take these decisions lightly and to just go through life. And not consider the full extent of it. But what we have to recognize is that each and every decision we make is one of value. Because each and every decision that we make puts us further down the road of a certain path. This decision determines my next, which determines my next, which determines my next, which will ultimately determine if I'll be in heaven or hell. You see, when we look at it like that, it's a little bit more important. What am I doing? Where am I going? Who am I with? What organizations am I investing my time with? What people am I ensuring that I spend time with that I invest into? Because I have to say some of those people could be dogs and some of those people could be swine. And the very efforts, the very valuable things that you put into them could come back to haunt you in the long run. But then as Jesus tells us to be careful of where we put our holy things, where we put our valuable things and what we invested at. He also says, you're going to ask for things 
You're going to search for things and you're going to knock for things. Implying, which I believe is, you're going to go to God in prayer for some things that you want in your life. Because he's talking to people that are godly, that have a desire to have God in their life. So you're going to ask, you're going to search, and you're going to knock. And you're going to seek of things that you want. You have discerned what you want to ask for, what you want to seek for, what you want to knock for, because you feel that it is good for you. And while you have done that, he wants us to consider. Those of us who have children, this resonates with us a little bit deeper, but everybody can catch the point. If a child asks you for bread, will you give them a stone? If they ask you for fish, will you give them a serpent? No. Why not? Because you can discern between what's good and what's bad, what's necessary and what's unnecessary. And if you... Now, now this is where the rub comes with Jesus. If you haven't got thick skin, you could easily get offended. If you who are evil, let's talk about us. If we who are evil can discern on what to give those that we love that's good for them, how much more our Father in heaven can discern what to give us? God righteously discerns what he wants to give us when we ask, when we seek, when we knock, when we go to him for it. Because he knows what we need. He knows what's really going to help us to be who he wants us to be. Because he is the ultimate discerner. And now we're going to end our scriptural part of this sermon. A good way to go through life. In everything that you do, do to others as you would have them do to you. This is the law and the prophets. Basically. Discern that you are the other person that you're dealing with. What you want them to do to you, do it to them. Make the decision to treat everybody like you treat yourself. And he's talking to people that have some semblance of righteousness forming in them because they're listening to him. And he has gone through this whole sermon and he's laid out a path for them to follow that would lead to them fully participating in the kingdom of heaven. So it's not talking about people who have some type of nihilistic approach to life or just hedonism that just want pleasure and that's just looks down on everything. No, he's talking about people who really understand that if I want to be where God will have me to be, I have to focus in the moment, understanding that that might entail suffering, but that suffering is going to mold me and shape me and make me into whom God is going to bring into heaven. And what I want done for me in that situation right now is what I should do for the next person. Sounds fair enough, right? But what that takes is to discern that the person in front of you is you. It's on the same page as you. You don't look down on nobody. You don't even look up to nobody. On the same level. And what you want for yourself, you want for that person. And hopefully that is heaven.
that's going to cause a lot of uneasiness, confrontation in the church. Not in a bad way, but in a good way. Because what Christianity actually calls us to do is to call each other to the carpet. So, before you give, if you know your brother has an ought with you, you go fix that before you give your offering to God. Not if you have something with him, but if he has something with you, you go fix it. That's very confrontational. And that could put you in one of three groups, at least. The first group is, you could be mistaken and he has nothing against you. <laughs> and now you have a weird conversation. <laughs> Second group is, you were right. He does have something against you, but you were wrong. And now you have to fix it. And the third group, he has something against you, but they're wrong. And y'all still have to fix it. It's confrontational. But it's calling each other to the carpet. And it's actually, if we're wanting to be a Christian, it's giving the same type of love, same type of standard that God has placed upon us, upon our fellow brothers and sisters. You see, we're seeing each other as ourselves. And we're extending the same stipulations, the same love, the same the same measure of Christian calling on others as we put on ourselves, especially in the body. But that takes discerning each other as we discern ourselves. It's not easy. Nothing that Jesus calls us to is easy, but it's necessary in molding us into people who are fit for the kingdom of heaven. And so as we think about discerning in the context of this passage, it's one thing that we must always be sure that we differentiate, and that's discerning and judging. Because we live in a world right now without to tell you, you can't judge me, you can't tell me I'm wrong because I feel right. You have no authority to render judgment on my life. We don't. What we do is we discern between what's right and what's wrong, what's beneficial and what's not beneficial. And we, seeing it through the lens of God, make a proper assessment. We don't have no heaven or hell to put nobody in. But we can make a decision of what they're doing is right and what's wrong. Scripture shows us this. If you just go through the Sermon on the Mount, just in a couple of places, Jesus says... You see those hypocrites, those Pharisees that are making these long, loud prayers in the streets so that they could be heard, that are giving these tithes so that they could be seen. Don't judge them, discern them, recognize them and don't be like that. You see these pagans that have these long, flowerly prayers and they got these long, drawn out sentences as if God is going to hear them because they do that. Don't judge them. Discern them and don't be like that because I'm calling you to something different. So we must first recognize judgment and discernment are two different things because if we don't, it would be easy to get caught up in today's standard where somebody will try to classify you as judging them 
just because you say their actions are wrong. And you don't need to guilt trip yourself because of that. Because what could really happen is you swallow that poison pill that they're selling and then you render no discernment on anything in life. And you say everything is okay because I don't want to judge. No, you better discern and recognize what's right and what's wrong. And then when you do that, you got to turn that mirror on yourself. Beginning at seven, how are you going to judge somebody when you got a log in your eye and they just got a speck in theirs? You got to look at yourself in the mirror and be honest with who you are as a child of God to see where you need to change your life. Because it's very easy to call out other people. It's easy. But to see where you fall short with God, it takes some honesty. It takes some reflection of self. It takes some looking at God's word and measuring yourself up to it and seeing where you fall short and doing all that you can to rectify that. Because if you're not willing to do that, then you're really not willing to be who God called every person to be. Because what you're really essentially saying to God is, I recognize the sacrifice that Jesus made for me, but I'll pass. Because I enjoy these sins more than I want to accept the challenge of overcoming myself and be molded into Christ through your spirit. That's hard. Because we're comfortable in this. But it takes some honesty looking at ourselves so that we can correct what's wrong in ourselves. And as you do that, you got to see things for what they are. You got to call an ace of spade an ace of spade. If somebody's doing something wrong, you got to be able to recognize it and discern it and not follow them and not do it, not condone it. And if needed, tell them. If it's your brother or sister, scripture tells us that if you see your brother caught in a sin, go talk to him about it. So you got to be able to see what's right and what's wrong. So that we can make the proper decisions so that we can help each other make heaven our home. And we must trust that the decisions that God makes for us as we knock, as we seek, as we ask, are the proper ones. Sometimes it's not the ones we want. It's not the path that we would choose to take, but it's the one that God knows is going to bring us closer to him. Paul says, God's not going to put any burden on us that we can't bear. Bear, mean carry, work through. God's not going to put us in a situation that he knows that we're not strong enough to handle. So that means if we find ourselves in a situation We can bear it. We just need to do it with faith. We can't rely on our own strength. We have to see where we're weak and where we need to rely on God and trust him. Because we've been asking. We've been seeking. We've been knocking for those things that only God can provide for us. And when he presents it, we have to be willing to go through what's necessary to make heaven our home. 
and live your life in such a way that you reflect what you want others to reflect in this world. So you treat people as you want to be treated. You love people as you need to be loved. You forgive people as you need to be forgiven. You give mercy, grace as you need it in your life. Why? Because when we recognize what God has done for us, whatever we give to anybody, to everybody else, pales in comparison to what we will receive when we transition out of this life. So that compels us to see each other as we see ourselves. And if we see ourselves honestly, we recognize that we need God's grace, mercy, and love to do anything. And if we are relying on ourselves to do it, then we're not going to be adequate enough to do it and we're not going to do it right. And if we recognize that, we know that sometimes we make mistakes. And if we see somebody else who makes a mistake, we can see ourselves in them. We could give them some grace. We could give them some mercy. We could give them some love because we received it. Now, before I get off this um, podium, I just want to just address something because it's just it feels like it's appropriate. There's a lot of stuff going on in this world. Scripture just told us, do not give what is holy to dogs. Do not cast your pearls before swine. As I look around this audience, I see a bunch of chocolate people just like myself. There are some causes that's in this world right now that are calling us to be united with them, specifically Black Lives Matter. People want you to protest. People want you to build community. And I'm not against any of that stuff, but recognize that that might fall into the category of a dog or swine. Why do I say that? Because those causes are not really of God. They're not leading to heaven. And while at the forefront, at the surface level, it's something that we want in this life. If we give people the love that we want from them, it doesn't matter their color. They could be black, white, blue, yellow, brown, green. If we extend the same love that God extends to us, to them, we will have an impact on society. And the church really is the only organization that could bring about the unity that this world is seeking right now. So if we go out and we be the church, then we won't be given what's holy to dogs. If we go out and we exemplify our Christianity in its purity, we won't be casting our swine before pearls. Because you know what's really going to happen? After a while, the dust is going to settle. And those same groups that people are giving their energies and efforts to, they're going to change to another cause. No telling what that cause is going to be. And they're going to want you right there with them. But if you stand firm with what God has established in Jesus Christ, you will always be found fighting for righteousness on God's standard. And you won't ever have to worry about the narrative changing. You won't ever have to worry about being called to do something that you're uncomfortable doing that's not going to bear any fruit with God. So 
something to consider in this day and age that we find ourselves in. People have been protesting for almost two months. It's no sighting in. And what they're calling for at the surface is right. But underneath it all, it's not holy. So let's discern all of life. Let's discern what we put in our efforts, our energies too. Because if it's not God, if it's not Christ, if it's not the church, if it's not one another, then it's not going to lead us to heaven ultimately. I'm not sure where that leaves any of you. I was just getting, wanting to get us to consider what we're putting our efforts, how we're discerning the things that we find ourselves involved in and evaluating them through a godly lens so that we can be found doing what God would have us to do each and every moment of our lives. Because each decision that we make will take us one or two ways. Closer to God, away from God. And it's as simple as the next decision that you make. I'm not sure where that sermon leaves you. My prayer is that you will contemplate it and incorporate it into your Christian life. If you're not a Christian, I ask, what's stopping you? God sent his son, Jesus, to freely extend the gift of salvation to all who will follow him. To get that salvation, one must follow the example set out in Scripture. The book of Acts, which details the church's beginnings and expansion, shows us biblical examples of those who were saved. A good place to look is in Acts 2. You get Peter preaching the first gospel sermon and the response of those who heard and believed his message. They repented and were baptized, which added them to the church Christ established. The Bible only teaches of one church. If you want to be added to it, go to your local church of Christ and tell them your desire to be washed of your sins and to live a godly life. Study your Bible, put its teachings to practice, and you will make heaven your home.